Welcome to Buildcaster's Gaiden, the podcast that I'm totally not prepared for tonight. I'm the Macabre Chap, and I'm joined by... Sentai 5, feels great to be back from vacation. Sunglass free, and are we ever really prepared for any of the podcasts we do? Never. Absolutely never. So, tonight on Buildcaster's Gaiden, we are going to be discussing 4S Gridman episodes 3 and 4. So, um, Pre and Fives, want to start the discussion? Pre, you go first. Um, I was kind of like a little bit panicking when I saw the title for episode 3, which literally is just defeat. <laughs> and it, it, it's interesting because they actually pull something that happens a lot in Ultraman series, which is where the main hero just straight up dies. They fail and get killed. And everybody's like, oh no, what are we going to do now? But it, it felt really weird. And I think a lot of people didn't like this episode because it's episode three. So when it turns out, oh, they're not dead and they're brought back by the power of friendship that always happens in these shows, it, it feels kind of cheap because it happens so early. Yeah. Um... I don't, I don't really know what to say about this episode, to be honest. It was, uh, I don't know, it, it kind of felt like a void. I did like, um, what's his face? I forgot his name, Anti. He, he becomes a kaiju, and um, we think, he, we think at least, you know, he's successful. And then it turns out that he wasn't successful in stopping Gridman. And uh, Gridman gets a new, the, uh, the Max, the Max Gridman. What was it called? The the Tractomax or something like that? Yeah, and I know the Tracto part of it's an actual reference to the uh, American SSSS yeah. series. I always forget that fourth S on there. <laughs> I, know that, <laughs> I know that name specifically is a reference to the American show. Yeah. What's their faces? Uh, Samurai Caliber and Utah, they, uh, they disappear. And so everybody else thinks, Utsumi and Rika think that they're dead and... Uh, they restart. She she pulls the plug out of the. No, that's the in junk. episode four. That's in episode. Oh, is four. it? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, literally, how they fix it in episode three is, uh, Rika is like, "Oh no, I I never got a chance to tell Yuta I'm sorry," and she, it, basically, I sort of described it when I published my article for episode three and four. I said that it's sort of like a Schrodinger's cat situation, in that. Oh jeez. Because she treated Yuda as if he was actually dead, like she didn't even want to go and check his apartment to see if he was there. And he didn't, she didn't want to ask anybody about him at the school the next day just because she didn't want to find out that he's actually been dead since middle school, like what we saw happen with the other victims. And because yeah. of that, he wasn't coming back. And then when the other support weapons show up and She's saying, oh, I feel so awful that I never got a chance to tell him I'm sorry for blowing him off earlier, and I can't believe he's dead now. And all the support characters are like, oh, he's your friend. Just call him. So she calls him, and he picks up. <laughs> and then that brings him back to life. <laughs> Damn, I really, I really got these two episodes mixed together. Shit. Yeah, which basically shows how bad episode three was. <laughs> oh, I liked episode three. I, liked I definitely did. The biggest problem episode three had is just like I said, it pulls something that should have happened at either the mid season or the finale arc in episode three. 
So there's yeah. two reasons why that doesn't work. The first one is because we don't have as much of an emotional connection to the heroes yet. Yeah, pretty much. They only just introduced the support weapons. We don't know a lot about the other main characters. Yuta's still a really blank slate. And the other reason why is because they haven't introduced like any of the other mechanics that this world operates under that would justify how the character comes back to life. And it, one of the emotional impacts for a sh- for a plot like this is seeing the heroes throw literally everything they have at the monster of the week and it doesn't work and they fail. And they just don't have a lot to throw at the monster in the first place. Like they got <laughs> Samurai Caliber and that's it. So when he fails, it's just like, oh, well, oh, well. Yeah, because basically in this, um, in episode three, um, Anti, the kaiju, has like human intelligence. So he has a sentience about him and he is um, clever enough to be able to work out how to counter each of Gridman's powers slash moves, um, which is obviously leads to the other um, assist weapons getting involved who actually, funnily enough, attend um, Neon Genesis ah. Junior High. Oh my goodness. Uh, so yeah. Um and then what's his name? Is it Tractor? Max. No, Max, that's it. Max um obviously ends up helping him and turns into Battle Tractor Max and Max Gridman. And then obviously they give Mighty a massive wallop and No, sorry, not Mighty, Anti um a massive wallop. It doesn't actually kill him, funnily enough. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, they basically fight to a draw, yeah, and they then a draw. he times out of his transformation and turns back into a kid. Yes, that's correct. I had to double take that scene real quick because I was like, "Wait, what just happened? Did he time out, or is it was it like a dream or something?" And then <laughs> I realized what happened. It was just so sudden. Wait, was that another Ultraman reference? Is in like him having a color timer and timing out? Somebody actually yeah. kept track of the time. <laughs> And if you take <laughs> if you take the two episodes, episode three and four, and look at the time that he spends transformed in each one, it actually averages out to exactly three minutes. Oh boy! Wow! Yep. Look at that. They just can't help being referential to referential well, to Ultraman. Too, because Gridman himself doesn't operate on the three episode or not three episode on the three minute there limit. Uh, he his energy is tied to junk. So he operates for as long as junk holds out. Right. The computer, Mm -hmm. the computer terminal. Ah, that makes sense. Does Grinman actually have a color timer? He doesn't, does he? He's got sort of like the, the blinky headlight thing like Ultra 7 has, but it's not. So, so he has an indicator. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he doesn't have a traditional color timer like the ultras do. Fair enough. That makes sense. Well, like I said, it, it's basically like how Ultra 7 works, where it's in his forehead instead of his chest. Ah, that makes sense. And now we're going to depart from the mediocrity, the complete and utter mediocrity that was episode 3, and move on to the super special, super awesome Rainbow Fun Times that was episode 4. How awesome was episode 4, guys? I was oh, expecting was... to hate episode 4. <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up being really great. <laughs> it was super, super, super good. I love I love the, the students, the new students. Yeah, the characters are really awesome. The new um, characters from Neon Genesis um, Junior High are really, really cool. They're really none fun. Of, none of them are named Shinji, huh? No, none yeah. of them are known Shinji, unfortunately. That's a shame. None of them are whiny crybabies, so, you know. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny you mentioned that, because one of the main contrasts that they have to the actual teenage students that we've been following mm-hmm. is sort of, and, and this is highlighted in this episode, 
the the main three characters, Yuda, Rika, and Utsumi, all kind of get, I mean, they're teenagers, so they all kind of get tangled up in these emotional problems in their own indecision and doubts and stuff. And then the sport weapons are just like, well, you're worried about your friend? Just call him. Yeah, you pretty think much. You're like this girl, just talk to her. They're yeah. really, really. Oh, and like, uh, there was a scene the samurai caliber when they were trying to find where Rika went to on this date because they were trying to like very not suspiciously at all stalk them because they were jealous. <laughs> and samurai caliber just burst into one of the karaoke rooms. Yep, <laughs> I, I love we samurai for caliber. People. And then oh, um, he's so funny. Is it you? It drags him back out, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but all the support. All the support characters, the, the Neon Genesis junior high kids, whatever, uh, are really, really straightforward about everything. They know exactly what they need to do to either help Gridman or help the other kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, basically, like, this was a real, like, generation, like, this was a real, like, millennial slash generation um, Z episode, because, like, basically the context is... Um, Rika's friends are some massive fans of some YouTubers. Yeah, they're and then, YouTubers. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're YouTubers. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> the YouTubers uh, want to go out with them or something. Or is it a public meet and greet? I'm trying to remember. No, they no, they they asked. It. I think what happened was they got talked into doing a group date. That's it. Yeah, they got talked into yeah. doing a, a group date. And then Rika's um, friends, like, basically convinced her to come along. And then they also convince Akane to come along. And basically Akane um, uses that as an opportunity to try and investigate more into Gridman's origins and Rika's connection to Gridman. Um, But obviously, like, Rika doesn't answer any of her questions. Well, the other interesting thing is that we find out that Rika and Akane actually grew up together. They live in the same neighborhood and used to hang out a lot. And then they comment that they haven't talked to each other in a long time. Yep, that's correct. And then basically what happens is that, like, Akane goes on a group date. She's, like, frustrated by the whole thing. And then she creates a kaiju to kill um, the mem- the members of the YouTube group. <laughs> and oh, the kaiju manages... <laughs> Go on. She gets sneaky about it, too, this time, because uh, the previous monsters have just been a monster shows up and destroys buildings and wrecks the city. And this time she actually hides the monster so they don't realize what's going on until Rika meets with her friends later. And they show her a video of the YouTube group. And instead of a group, it's just one dude. Yeah, because the other three have been erased. Well, yeah, they were erased because um, obviously um, within the context of this show, um, once a human being has been murdered by a kaiju they're erased from history so it's almost like um their loved ones don't remember them um so basically within the context of the show like the person is like died several years ago once they've been once they've been killed by a kaiju as opposed to dying in the present day it's kind of weird how it works but it's kind of effective in terms of um, a storytelling device it's definitely interesting for sure yeah and we will obviously hopefully find out more about this later or trigger could just be like fuck you and be like and not tell us anything who knows well i don't know about trigger but (laughs) again the main writer and as far as i can tell the only writer for this series is hasegawa and he's pretty good about this because if you compare this to again nexus i think we talked about that last episode oh Um, yeah Nexus actually got cut short as a season and it still managed to explain itself pretty much explicitly by the end of the show. So I have faith that he knows what he's doing, especially since this is a pre-planned series. Yeah. So 
I'm interested to see where it's go. I don't think they're going to leave us here. Nah, like, I think he will explain everything. The amnesia, how Akane came to be able to even create Kaiju, where Alexis came from, etc., etc., where Gridman comes from, etc., etc., etc. So, yeah, Fives, what did you think of this episode? Episode four. Uh, it was definitely, definitely a huge improvement uh, over episode three, for sure. A um, lot better character interactions going on. Um, what the hell is his face in the ninja mask? Max? The dude with... Yeah, that's Max. Why do you guys keep forgetting yeah. his name? It's the easiest one. <laughs> There's so many characters, but yeah, I, I like him. He's like, he's like, he seems so very mature. Like yeah. you said, they all know what they want. So when it comes to Yuta trying to profess his feelings for Rika, um, he's just tell her. It's so annoying to watch you kids, you know, act so awkward and stuff. Well, there's the other thing that happened in this episode. Oh, Gridman froze. Yeah, they tried to do, they tried to (laughs) scramble all four of the support vehicles at once. (laughs) And literally it freezes because apparently they need to install more RAM into junk. (laughs) Yeah, this show is so funny. Like, it's so unintentionally funny. It is. (laughs) <laughs> it is it is it is but like i like it um what i was gonna say is that it's a bit too early um in tr- like traditionally in an anime's run for there to be a confession of feelings just yet it'll probably happen in like episode 12 or something well, yeah but you literally asked her out. <laughs> out and of course she, i knew this was gonna happen oh let me <laughs> l- we need room for all the other for everybody else she friend zoned him basically yeah without that much. but but she like but like if you look at episode uh i think it was two and three, it's obvious that she reciprocates his feelings. Like she, it's yeah, obvious that yeah. she likes him too. She yeah, cares she about him in that. the same way. Like and she yeah. cares about him in the same way that he cares for her. It's just that obviously it will take him um, a bit. It will take him quite a while to obviously spit it out. It kind of reminds me of um, an anime that I recently watched called Vandred, where the main character um, Hibiki Tokain and his love interest Dita like take the entirety of 26 episodes to profess their feelings for each other. <laughs> well, actually, no, D is quite forward about it, but Hibiki takes forever, like until the 26th episode. So I feel that like Yuta um, might be one of those protagonists that like basically um, is, is typical of the trope, cannot spit it out in that he'll take until episode 12 to spit it out properly. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I think the other reason for that is it seems like, because we get some hint in the first episode that there is actually some history or something that happened between uh yuta and rika before his amnesia and he even he even brings that up in this episode that he feels like there's something that he said to her or something that he did wrong and Uh but he doesn't know what it is yes that's correct I so i think that sort of that confession between them is going to also factor into his amnesia and we won't get that confession just because we won't get his amnesia cleared up until like the penultimate or the final episode what do you think could have caused his amnesia do you think he could have maybe been erased by a kaiju like before the start of the episode and then maybe he was brought back or something like that my my guess is he was akane's first victim that's yes. it's gotta be. That that has to be. <laughs> that's what I think anyway. That's my that's my headcanon. And what's up with uh, Rika thinking uh she's the cause of all these uh kaiju manifestations? I have oh, no idea. Oh, just because she's so close to everything that's happened. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something reasonable to consider. Yeah. Yeah. You think they're gonna have to kill 
This is my thought when I was watching it the other day. I was like, oh, maybe they have to kill her off. What, kill I'm off Rika? Kidding. Yeah. I, would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's <laughs> Yuta and Rika's um, relationship. Like, if they started going out or something uh-huh. that Akane got jealous of, and that's the whole reason why oh. she's sending monsters after people in the first place. That I wouldn't make be sense. surprised if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, Akane is so petty. I love it. I, I love it as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll piss you off, her motivations, but it's so funny at the same time. It is pretty funny. I think episode four had the most relatable motivation for wanting to murder somebody. Oh yeah, definitely. And and, and it's not <laughs> and it's not mistaking a, a kaiju for the wrong type. It's you know being trapped in a social function that you didn't even really want to show up to in the first place, and you're constantly yeah. interrupted by rude people. I mean that that would make me want to stab somebody too. So, <laughs> <laughs> and um also this episode um like blatantly demonstrated how much of a psychopath that Akane really is, because obviously she created Anti, but um, she overtly doesn't have like any warm feelings towards her own creation, which is kind oh, no, of which is that. kind of upsetting. Yeah, she hates him. She absolutely hates him. What, she, what she, she like threw food on him or whatever in the rain? Yeah, like completely. Like she she created this thing. She breathed life. She bre- she breathed life into it, and now like she completely disdains it, and that's just a mark of how much of a psychopath she really is she treats auntie the same way that she treats everybody else yeah she she is she only tolerates other people for as long as they entertain her or or serve use serve some sort of use for her and as soon as they become just the slightest annoyance like if they bump into her in a hallway she goes and kills them yeah pretty much which is like it's funny she's that an actual psychopath. Yeah, she's a real psychopath. It's funny that somebody um, with such dark and malevolent machinations has such like a pretty or aesthetically pleasing exterior, because I think that's what makes her such a great villain. Because like obviously she's deceptively cu- cute, but within herself lies a heart of darkness. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't say it any better. In terms of the rest of the series what direction do you see it going in what are your hopes for it uh pre uh i'm really looking forward to when they actually introduce the full thunder Gridman combination that's gonna be really cool yeah. i i want to see what they have to do to make that happen so that's what i'm really looking forward to at this point same here um aside from that i feel like it might just be like the future episodes until like maybe the last maybe i want to say two to three episodes it might just you know pan out very slowly and then just go crazy in the last few episodes that's what i'm kind of expecting right now yeah i'm feeling i'm feeling that's what will happen i mean like at the moment um i'd say the show is more character driven than plot driven and the episodes are quite like self-contained i wouldn't say it's quite episodic i wouldn't even i wouldn't say that it has a serial plot either but i'd say that the episodes are quite self-contained um i'm looking forward to seeing the full um Gridman mecha combination. I don't know if it'll be called Thunder Gridman though, because um don't the don't the support programs have different names um to what they were in the original Gridman series? Because apparently, according to what I read online, um the support weapons are named after like or they're refer referenced uh, their references to um the support programs from Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. It, it will, I don't know, that's just what I'm calling it because that's what the combination was in the original oh, series. Oh, okay, fair enough. But yeah. They'll probably give it some longer, more cool-sounding name than just Thunder Grid Man. 
And obviously, um, King Rex won't appear in this series. Um, so there won't be any. Oh, Dino Dragon. Yeah, Dino Dragon. That's it. Dino Dragon won't appear in this series. I hope so. Dino Dragon's cool. <laughs> Dino Dragon made King Gridman. Is that correct? When you combine with King yes. Gridman, yeah. So Dino Dragon yep. won't appear in this series. Unfortunately, that he won't have any um counterpart in this series because obviously, because of the length of the series, um, he was my favorite. Yeah. Because uh, this obviously this series is only twelve episodes long. Um, in terms of what I want to see from the rest of this series, I kind of want to see the romance between um Utah and Rika develop as time goes yeah. on. Um, I'm not sure how I want to see the series end. Like, I'm kind of thinking I want to see Akane reform and be paired off with Utsumi, but I'm not sure if that will happen. It could happen. I mean, like, it's it's not impossible. It's not outside the realms of possibility. Um, of possibility but obviously because she's such a psychopath I don't really think she could ever like truly be selfless and love somebody selflessly but you know they had, we'll they had Takeshi the villain from the first season uh, they had him reform and actually fight with the main characters in yeah. the finale of the original grid band but he was a lot more vulnerable and pathetic throughout the whole series yeah, like- Kane hasn't shown that same vulnerability really yet because she's such an unrepentant psychopath yeah, so, she like completely. They're gonna have to build that up first before I buy a redemption arc from Cause, her. Cause, yeah, because Takeshi has like some mitigating factors in terms of his personality, like like his um, mental illness. Like he's not a pathological individual; it's not abnormal. Um, he he does like there is a reason as to why he is doing uh, as to why he's doing what he's doing as to his villainy. He he really fucking hates the world because yeah. he hates himself. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Whereas Akane like hasn't really so hasn't yeah, she hasn't really shown any um like there are no mitigating factors to her personality. She's unrepentant psychopath. She's like ha, 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 ha I am evil for the fun of it. Basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's laughing over people dying in like yeah. every episode. Yeah. She's like she's like the personification of chaotic evil. Whereas Takeshi's more like neutral evil kind of to yeah, an extent. I can see that. If you're looking at D and D alignment. I hope Akane makes an evil grid man. Please. That would be super dope. Well, anti kind of is the evil f- grid man. That's anti. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean like an actual like black grid man. Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> Have yeah. you been watching Ultraman Tiga recently? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's where I'm getting getting it from. Yeah, yeah, I could tell. Tiga Dark was in the movie. If you're talking about evil Tiga, like holy hell, if we get an evil Tiga level design, yeah. that'd be amazing. <laughs> Please, come on, Akane. Tiga Dark and evil Tiga are two separate things. Yes, they are. Ah, because one of them is Tiga before he got like the red and purple slash power up forms. Right, right. Tiga Dark is actually Tiga. Whereas Evil Tiga is a clone that some dude tried to make of him. Ah. In the show. You see, um, just out of interest, like, this isn't related to uh, 4S Gridman. Ultraman Tiga, what are his origins? Like, where is he? Um, so the Ultras apparently came to Earth, like, millions of years ago and lived alongside whatever ancient alien civilizations uh, lived there. Okay. And then there was a big war. Oh, you, have you seen the entire Tiga series? No, just like the first couple okay. of episodes. When you finish the series, look up the movie Final Odyssey. Okay. Because that will give you the backstory. Has it been subbed? Yes, it has. Okay. It'll probably I be can on give Kiss you Asian. If you want. Okay, yeah, it'll probably be on Kiss Asian or something. I'm pretty sure it's on Kiss Asian. Yeah. So, um, a couple final words about the episodes, and then we'll wrap up. 
Um, come on, Trigger, do better, please. Wow, the actual animation <laughs> style in this in this show is phenomenal. Like, oh, it's great. I, I, I take screen caps off of Crunchyroll to use in my articles <laughs> and I just go through some of these fight scenes and just look at them and every single screen cap I take is amazing. <laughs> the designs themselves are just am- beautiful. They're visually pleasing. They really are. I mean, like aesthetically, this is one of the best anime I've seen. Um, and especially the way that they mesh the CGI with the um, traditional animation, like you know, it meshes I was just in seamlessly. Like it fits in so well, especially this this uh, past episode, episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, I really noticed that they meshed it really well because I think there's so, there's certain points where I couldn't tell if that was CG or anything. Also, at the same time, they also but do. In... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. There's a really cool thing, but before we sign off, there's a really cool thing that they do with Gridman himself when he's appearing on the computer screen because they keep the CGI when he's appearing on the screen talking to the characters. Yeah, and yeah. If you watch, and if cool. you watch the original oh. series, they did sort of like the really low frame rate sort of FMV style yeah. graphics yeah. animation for Gridman. And here they still sort of have that difference between what the real world looks like and what Gridman looks like, uh, but they're using it with the CGI animation. Okay, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Because I noticed it when um, they were all talking in front of the computer, and he's—I think he's like turning around. He has his back. Yeah, that around. was right after they came back after Rika yeah. restarted the system, yeah. and he's just like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. Good eyes, Pre. Good eyes. Um, speaking of the like the original Gridman, the original Gridman was like one of, if not the first, um, Tokusatsu shows to actually use digital special effects, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and it has not yep. aged well. <laughs> <laughs> How bad would you say it is, Pri? Not all of it's bad, but there are a couple of effects that they do with like squashing and stretching yeah. certain um, figures that looks really bad. <laughs> Speaking of CGI that hasn't aged well, have you guys like been back and watched... Um, Beast Wars recently and reboot. Yeah. My God, they not the not whole thing. I've seen clips from it recently, and you, you know, not just Beast Wars. One of my favorite shows growing up was Reboot. Yeah, and I every time, every time I see clips of that show, I want to rewatch it just because I loved it so much as a kid. But at the same time, I don't know because I don't want to have to sit through that. Reboot used to scare me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Reboot, I think, was one of the first um, CGI animated TV shows that premiered, like, on TV. Um, That was Mainframe Entertainment up in Canada who made that. They made Beast Wars as well. Yeah, it really hasn't aged well. Like, super hasn't. Because, like, I was born in 92, so, like, I'm massively into Transformers, like, separately. I mean, yeah, I'm massively into Transformers. It's not something I talk about. Technically, it is Mecha. Yeah, it is Mecha. Kind of. So, yeah, I'm massively into Transformers, but Beast Wars was the Transformers that, like, I really grew up on because I was obviously born in 92. Beast Wars premiered in 96. But, yeah, and I loved it. I'm not that big into Transformers, but I definitely watched Beast Wars when I grew up. Like, that's probably the one part of Transformers that I have the most experience with. Hell, yeah. I grew up on the Unicron trilogy as well. Um, Obviously. Same here. Was it Transformers? It was Cybertron, Energon, yeah, Armada, Energon, and Cybertron. But yeah, um, well, <laughs> sorry we temporarily detoured into Transformers. Now 
we're going <laughs> to close out the show. So, guys, where can they find... It the animators, so... It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> so, guys, where can we find you on the interwebs? Fives? As usual, you can find me on Twitter, YouTube, DeviantArt, a uh, whole plethora of places on the internet, at Sentai5, as usual. Pre? Uh, you can find me at Sunglass Free on Twitter. You can also check out my blog series on capes and cool scarves, where I'm currently doing a series looking at Gridman Weekly as it comes out. So watch, uh, go check that out. Uh, I've got plenty of other stuff up there about other Toku series and some different things about movies and comic books as well. You can find me on Twitter um, at the Macabre Chap. You can also find me on Instagram at the macabre chap you can find me on mastodon.social as at the macabre chap you can find me on deviantart as geki black and you can find myself sentai 5 pre and our other nine legion brethren it's up to 12 now yeah yeah no but um, like all together other other than us guys i meant nine other legion brethren um on twitter at Legion of Boom. That's L-E-G-1-0-N of Boom. So that's the end of this episode of Bill Caster's Gaiden. We are out. Right. Peace. Peace. Bye. See ya. Battle, Battle ended. ended. Battle ended.